0: Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Galatians 5 verse 13 You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, adultery and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of god but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness and self-control against such things there is no law those who belong to christ jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires since we live by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit let us not become conceited provoking and envying each other brothers and sisters if someone is caught in a sin who you live by the spirit should restore that person gently but watch yourselves or you also may be tempted carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ if any of you think you're something when you're nothing you deceive yourselves each of you should test your own actions Then you can take pride in yourself without comparing yourself to somebody else. For each of you should carry your own load. Nevertheless, those who receive instruction in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. People reap what they sow. Those who sow to please their sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. Those who sow to please the spirit, from the spirit it will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers.
1: Good morning, everyone. It's great being able to get a chance to share together again just around the Word. Um, Thanks to Lauren for for reading the passage to us this morning. It was a bit of a lengthier one today, so thank you for it, Lauren. Uh, And thanks to Tash and Dixie and the guys for for leading us this morning already uh, and what the Spirit's been doing as part of our service. Um, Many of you will uh, find this hard to believe, but we are today about to finish off completely our series, Following Jesus in All of Life. We... We've been on this for what seems like an eternity. We've been doing this for about the last nine months. And it's been beautiful, actually. I know while that seems like a long time, it's been great what we've been able to do and to unpack during those number of months. You recognize our reason why we wanted to do this was because we wanted to focus ourselves about what it really means to be disciples of Jesus Christ. That was such a long time ago when we even just came up with the, the, the definition together about what we mean even about discipleship, those who desire to follow Jesus in all of life. And and so through this, we, we just really wanted to press into what it means to be like Christ. You know, our, our main key verse, which we've used these last number of months as bit of our, our roadmap where we were going with this was that well-known one in John 14 verse 6 where Jesus says I am the way the truth and the life no one comes unto the father except through me it's, it's interesting actually the the context in which that verse is actually set Jesus is, is having a dialogue and, and, a, and a chat with the disciples and he's telling them about how he's about to go back to the father and when he goes back to the father that he's going to prepare a place for them and for all of those who, who love him and are in relationship with him for you and I if, if we love Christ. And and of course, good old Doubting Thomas speaks up and he says to Jesus, he said, well, but we don't even know where you're going and we don't even know the way. And Jesus stops and he says, Thomas, I am the way. Thomas, I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes unto the Father except through me. Jesus was saying that it was all to do with him and the reality is when we think about heaven, heaven to come and the reality of the kingdom of heaven right now, to experience, the kingdom with us, it's only through Christ that we can live into it. Today I want us to, we're going to recap a little bit at the start about some of the main teaching points which we've landed on these these last number of months. Don't worry, I'll not take too long on that. Um, and, and just to really look about what are some of the things that the spirit has been illuminating our hearts to and our spirits to and the truth that he's been trying to land with us over the last while. I'll love this verse which we used at the very beginning of, of this back in uh, in Romans chapter 8 verse 29 this is the message version it simply says this God knew what he was doing from the very beginning he decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son the son stands first in the land of humanity he stored he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. Today, when we talk about the life that Christ has for us, this is the truth of it. We see it when we question what does that life look like? We see it right there in the person of Jesus. This isn't something for us to look back on, almost like a history event. This was the blueprint and almost the, the mandate for our lives as we look at the person of Jesus. And so today we want to ask, well, what is, should that life look like? What should we expect both individually and together? As, as the church. And so yeah, we, we did, we had, we spent many months looking at the ways of Christ, not to take too much time in that, but really crucially to remind us though that we did through that process redefine and, and restructure our, our practices that we were committing ourselves to here as, as a church. And those practices, just let me remind you of those very briefly, were firstly this prayer and worship, creativity, hospitality, compassion and justice, discipleship and mission. And you remember it back in January time at the beginning of this year, over 500 of us here in Emmanuel Oregon, we gathered together on that night and we covenanted ourselves together and said, we want to press into these. We want to live into these things and these ways in our lives individually and together as a church. And we're going to reflect on this at the end. Actually, how are we actually doing at this at the moment? How are we continuing to live out those ways, even in this really uncertain time that we have been living in? And then we took three months to look at the truth that Jesus teaches, particularly around the kingdom of heaven, through the teaching and the parables. And then these last number of months, we've been looking very, very specifically about the life that Christ has for us. And we were really trying to be very practical, even in the midst of COVID-19, what does that life still look like for us? But you know what? Today, what I really wanted to ask us was, as we look at that overarching part of what this is all about, the question I really wanted to ask is not just about the life that almost seems like it's way up here and for some people maybe seems unattainable. The question that I want to almost frame for us today is simply to ask this, what would a sustained rhythm of life look like for you? What would a sustained rhythm of life look like for you in an ongoing way in your life, day and daily? Because the reality is God desires this for us. God's hope and heart for us is that we would be a people who would be constantly being changed and transformed from one degree of glory to another. That we would be those who would be growing in our Christ-likeness day and daily. And yet I don't know about you, but sometimes even when I reflect and look back at my own life and I look at periods of times, I can see times when even my own walk with the Lord sometimes has ebbed and flown. Some, some people maybe are in a really good moment with God. For other people, it just feels maybe like perhaps you're nowhere. And yet the heart for God is that his hope would be that we could live into this in an increasing sort of way. Obviously, even the, the time that we are in at the moment, we recognize that even with difficulties in life, sometimes these things can affect us. In the passage today that Lauren read for us, this well-known passage in Galatians chapter 5, Paul starts to paint the picture around the things of the flesh and the things of the spirit that Lauren read for us. And in this, it's almost like he's trying to paint the picture by two different realities, two different results, two different choices. It almost seems like there is for us, not just for this church in Galatia that he was speaking to, but for us as believers as well. What Paul was saying was that they could either choose the things of the flesh or they could choose the things of the spirit, the life that God has for us and this life that he desires for us. Paul makes it clear. And this is what we need to hear today. You have a choice. You have a choice. You have a choice either to say yes to this or to say no to him. I remember, I was just actually reflecting on this during the week. I remember when I first started here in church, maybe about a couple of years in and uh, Phil and Al and I, we went over to Scotland to spend a bit of time with Andrea Wigglesworth, one of her great friends from church. Many of you know her and love her and respect her. And Andrea, as well as being an amazing teacher and communicator of the word, she's an amazing counselor. And so we were just in a period of transition and change, just even in some of her roles. And so we went over to, to Scotland to spend some time with Andrea. Andrea was able to probe and to question us in her, in her loving and cheeky way that she, she so beautifully does. But Andrea asked this one question. And when she asked this question, it's not as if like this question in itself was just like so out there, but the question, the way she framed it to me, was almost like it was one of the most life-giving questions that someone had ever asked me. And I've thought about it repeatedly since that moment, and, and I wanted to share it this morning. But Andrea simply asked this question, and she looked, and she said, In this moment, and in this season, what is your strategic yes, and what is your strategic No. Said in this moment and in this season, what is your strategic yes? And what is your strategic no? What does it mean? Like, so for your strategic guess, what we mean by that is the thing that is your focus and is your goal. What is the thing in your head that you're saying this is what it is you actually want to go towards? And when you understand that this is your goal and where you're going, you know that everything else around it, it's not as if you're being negative to those things, but you recognize that if this is where you want to go to, because this is ultimately what is gonna bring you life, there are certain other things around you and in your life that strategically in this moment and in this season, you have to say no so that you create capacity, and room for this to grow and to to come alive. The thing is, like for many of us, for many people, they're the type of people that just say yes to everything. Or on the flip side of that, you get some people that just say no to everything as well. This is not even thinking about this. This is us making an intentional choice and decision and asking what is our hope and our goal? What is it that we wanna give ourselves to? What is our strategic yes in this moment? Some people, they think about no, and again, they see it as a negative. They say, well, it's, it's wrong to say no to something. But when you truly can see the reason why you want to say yes, and we'll focus on this in a second, this is why it makes it easier to say no in those moments, Paul in verse 19 and what Lauren just read for us about the things of the flesh, he's being very clear. He's pointing it making it clear to us in the life of a believer. There are certain things that almost just seem like it's a no-brainer that these are definitely a no-go-to area. These are your strategic no in this moment. But what does so easily happen? I don't know about you, but what can so easily happen is that the church becomes known as a place, even for people who look in at the church from the outside, Because of what they hear and because of what they see, the church, and for Christianity, it almost just seems like it's a place where loads of people just say no to things. What the church has done so much over the years is that they have been really clear about the things that they want to say no to, the things of sin that they want to say no to. And yet one of the things which we haven't been great at doing, Chris mentioned this to me during the week, and I thought it was a great great reality that he just brought up. You know, one of the things that we haven't often been clear about sometimes has been, good at defining and articulating our yes while the church has been great at saying sometimes the no we sometimes even in our own lives personally but corporately as a church sometimes we haven't been great at defining and articulating our yes, our strategic yes, our better yes, even when it comes to moments of discipleship. Think about this even if you're trying to raise your children and this one of the things that could so easily happen is you just say, no, you can't do that. No, that's not good for you. And sometimes what so easily happens is that doesn't satisfy people. And yet what we need to be as the church is we need to be the ones that instead of saying just no, we paint the picture of the better yes and the yes that leads to fullness of life. And so the thing that I just want to just um, question today and ask today is, firstly, we don't just need to be a people that say yes just once. I recognise this. I, I grew up in a very reformed background, and one of the things which we celebrated and we we rejoiced in time and time again was that beginning moment for people when when people could name the day and the hour when they first believed. And it's great it's great to have them. It's such a specific and strategic moment the moment when we first accept Jesus. When we accept that moment of grace and forgiveness. It's crucial and that moment when we first say yes to Jesus. But you know what? If we're going to be those that s- step into a sustained level of growth and a sustained level of yes, then the yes can never be once. The yes needs to be every single day for us in our lives. And so the thing that I want to ask us is, if we want to press into this, even from our passage today, what are some of the things that, for us as believers, what are some of the things for us on a daily basis and in a in an individual way to be saying a yes to, and to be pressing into? Because we know that as we do this with these strategic yeses, that this will lead to the life that Christ has for us. From from our passage, just three things that I want to say very briefly. From our passage, the first and really obvious one is this: it is crucial for us as believers, is crucial for us at the church as the church that. Our first strategic and significant yes is to a, to yes to the to life in the spirit. It is important that we don't try to do this in our own ability. Phil referenced, I think, this verse a number of weeks ago. So two chapters before where we just read today, the same church in Galatians chapter three, Paul says this to him, he says, why is it that you're you're trying to, while well, you began in the spirit, why are you now trying to continue it with the flesh? you saying, are you, are you foolish? <laughs> he says this to him, why are you trying to do this? It's almost like, in, his, in other words, we'd be saying they depended on God at the beginning. They depended on God for the beginning of these things, but then suddenly, just to journey into the next part. They were trying to do it on their own strength. They were trying to do it on their own ability. Paul, it just seems to be to this church and to us, is making it clear. It is crucial that we stay in step with the Spirit, that we give our strategic and specific yes to the Holy Spirit. Listen, even in the passage we read today, some of the things that Paul brings out about the Holy Spirit. So in chapter five, verse 16, Paul tells us to walk by the Spirit. In verse 18, be led by the Spirit. In verse 22, to step and to grow into the fruit of the Spirit. In verse 25, live by the Spirit. Again in verse 25, keep and step by the Spirit. In chapter 6, verse 8, so to please the Spirit. The ongoing work of the Spirit is crucial for us in our lives. So even for example, some things written down here, Jesus was, was led by the Spirit. Jesus was empowered by the Spirit. The early church in the book of Acts were constantly led and directed by the Holy Spirit. Jesus even says this in the Gospels, that it was better that he went so that the Holy Spirit could come. And three times, even in the book of John, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit helper. The Spirit is crucial to us in our lives. The Spirit is crucial for us to give a strategic yes and a focus of our intentionality. And and the question I just want to simply ask is this. If the Spirit is crucial, so how do we posture ourselves or position ourselves to engage with him on a daily basis? I don't know if, if you feel that that is a reality for you. Perhaps perhaps you have you've been you've been a Christian for a while, and even when we talk about this fullness of life, this life that God has for you, and even when you hear the things that Lauren reads about the fruit of the spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience, and all that is incorporated within the fruit of the spirit, perhaps it just feels like that that's never really been your reality or your existence. In terms of what you understand about Christianity, it just has felt perhaps a bit dry. You know what can so easily happen? Is that we can almost frame ourselves around this list of do's and don'ts. And that's all Christianity can mean for us. Paul says this in Second Corinthians chapter three, the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And there's life available to you today. Regardless of where you are in your walk, there is an increasing sense of life available to you. And it's important for us that we welcome and we invite an increasing infilling and measure of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Paul says in Ephesians 5, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It translates in Greek as keep on being filled by the Spirit. And so just want to ask briefly before we move on to the next point. I, I don't know if you do this, but how often do you actually invite and welcome personally the Holy Spirit to your life personally? How do you make space for the Holy Spirit? What are some of the disciplines that you have in your life that allow you to, um, to, to step into an increasing relationship and understanding of the things of the Spirit? You see, if this is a desire for you, the thing that is crucial for us, then if this is our strategic yes. What's gonna be your strategic no in this moment? What are some of the things that you have to say no to so that we can create more space, more time, and maybe some margins in our lives so that we can engage with the Holy Spirit because this is such a crucial need for us in our lives. If we wanna step into fullness of life in a sustained way, then we need to be those that firstly say yes to life in the Spirit. Secondly, even from our reading and our passages today, we need to be those that say yes to life in community. Well, So not just life and the Spirit, but we need to be those who say yes to life in community. Chapter 6 begins with Paul referencing the need for other believers. So he says this, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. If you want to sustain an ongoing rhythm of life with Jesus Christ, I need to tell you today, you cannot do it on your own. No matter how good you think things have been, you cannot do it on your own. Paul sets some of this really clear for us. Like So for example, some of the things that we're able to do in life and community, Paul says this, by life and community, we can carry each other's burdens. The book of Proverbs talks about how we are as people, as a people of God, we are those that iron sharpens iron. We help support and, and develop things in one another. James even talks about this as well for those in the life of the community. Confess your sins to one another rather than keeping things hidden in the background and things just that are never discussed Talked about it's a confess your sins to one another, and, and it, it seems a strange thing to be talking about life and community when we've just spent these last number of months in isolation and lockdown and away in a room. And that's primarily why we maybe tried to focus ourselves around your personal discipleship and steps you were taking in your personal walk with the Lord. But you know, one of the other things we've wanted to be really clear about in this season, and even during this time of COVID, is about there was such a need for life in community. During this time, life groups have kept going. Life groups have met online. Life groups have had an increasing sense of engagement. More and more people stepping into this. And and. I just today I want to say this to you we want this for you perhaps you have friends and family around you that you can be close with that you can allow to come close to you that you can uh, with them you can you can share with them some of your struggles you can have a level of accountability with them. And it's crucial that you have that. But if you don't have that in your life today, I just want to say that it's so important that you start to develop these rhythms. God's desire was always for a people who would live in community. We even see this in the early church in the book of Acts, the people who were devoted to life together and supporting one another. In the book of Hebrews, we're told not to forsake meeting together and being together. Life with other believers is crucial. And, and listen, I, I recognize that for some people, there are some personal reasons why you struggle with that. Perhaps because of some things that have happened in your life, there's just there's, it's hard for you to have a level of depth and vulnerability with other people. Perhaps you've been hurt. Perhaps you've been disappointed by other people, maybe other people in church. And, and what, I'm, what I want to say right now isn't to negate that or to set that, as, that aside and say that's not important. It is. We would love to journey with you if you have those hurts and those disappointments. But I also want to stress to you the significance of the life that there is in community that is for you. And the last thing that I want is for you never to be able to step into that. I want you to hear this for us as a church and as a community. Even as we come to the end of this series, this life and community is one of the things that we want to give our strategic yes to. And we would love for you to be part of that with us. If you're not connected with life groups at the minute in church, um, you know that I, I would have sent an email to you over this this last week. We just went through our database just to recognize those who weren't in life groups. Can I just say, be clear, that wasn't sent to judge in any way to say, why aren't you in a life group? More than anything, it was just a, a loving invitation to welcome you and invite you if you desire to be part of that. If you already have that in your life and if you already ha- are in a life group then we've just overlooked that, I apologize. But our heart in this is that we just simply want to invite you into this healthy rhythm to help sustain an ongoing sense of life for you and the things of the Lord. If we want to do this in an ongoing way, life in the spirit is crucial. Life in community is crucial. And finally, if we're going to be those that experience life in the fullest way possible, then we need to recognize that we need to engage with the mission and the life of the church. Paul says this again: whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. One of the ways for you to experience fullness of life in Christ is actually to step in with what it means to be part of the body of Christ be part of the church when church becomes a place that you just go to that you can take or leave you'll lose sight of the fullness of what christ had planned for it like the reality is this was the joy that was set before him that made him endure the cross the scriptures tell us it was you and me It was the church. It was a group of people that would be fully commissioned to go out and make disciples of all the nations. It was a group of disciples, you and me as well, that for those who believed, they would continue to do the same works that he did. This was the reality for the church, the mission of the church, that everything that Jesus had done wouldn't just stop, but it would continue in and through the body of Christ through us. There's a purpose for us to be part of the church. And one of the things you can so easily do is to downplay that and to say it's not for you. And when you do that, you don't get the step and the experience and to engage with that fullness of life that is for you. And the devil would love for you not to get that, but yet the father desires more than ever that you would experience it. Tash has made that announcement. You know, we are in a process of, particularly off the back of the government directions around looking around what does reopening church look like. And while we wanted to listen for some of the government directions, above all, we, we wanted to hear the spirit as as a team of leaders. We wanted to hear and we still want to hear what the spirit and what the spirit desires to do. And you know, one of our one of our, our feelings, one of our Our discernment during this process is that we sense that the Spirit really has desired to do something in this time that would reawaken the church to be the church. And we still feel that there's still some work for the Spirit to do. We still feel that there's some things for the spirit that the spirit wants to refine, that the spirit wants to prune in this moment. One of the phrases that Phil used way back at the beginning of lockdown was around deconstruction and reconstruction. We still feel that there's a measure of that process that needs to continue, that the spirit wants to stay on. Tash, Tash in one of our meetings during the week, she said this quote from a guy, Stephen Frederick from Elevation Church, and it really gripped me. He said, the church is as open as you are. The church is as open as you are. You know, we can either be so caught up around, well, when's the doors of the church going to open? Because we want to get back because we we miss people. I get that. I miss people as well. I miss you all. I can't wait to see people. But we can so want to be rushed to get back into that moment that we actually miss what this moment is about. And so rather than thinking about when are the doors of the church going to be open, I would love to turn that in on itself and to ask you the question, are the doors of your heart open? to be able to step into and to start engaging more fully with what it actually means to be the church. Rather than thinking when are the doors of the physical building gonna be open so that we can come back, it's are the doors of our heart and our minds and our lives open so that we as the church can step into and say yes to everything that it means to be part of the church of Jesus Christ. For me, that's when the church comes back healthy. That's when the church comes back fully alive and what it means to be part of this. And if this is a strategic yes for you, then we need to recognize we need to be focused in this. And there's gonna be some other things we're gonna to have to say a strategic no to, but the reason why we do it is because we want to experience the fullness of life. Perhaps, perhaps over the last while you've struggled, perhaps you feel in a moment where there's a sense of apathy, you feel a sense of discouragement. Maybe even this thought again around fullness of life, you just think, Dave, that just seems like it's way up there. (laughs) I can never get it. Can I really encourage you, do not ever settle for second best in your life. Don't settle. I don't say this at all in judgment. I'm speaking to myself Don't settle for mediocrity. Don't settle for second best. God has a plan for us as part of the church. The fullness that God has for us and we want to go after fully. Perhaps you're watching this though and even off the back of lockdown, it seems like you're in an amazing place. It seems like you and God are just in an absolutely sweet spot and it's like things are really good. And if you are in that, can I really encourage you? Expect more. Don't stop and think, well, isn't this great? This is as good as it's been, and think that this is as good as it's going to get. Expect more. The Spirit has more for you. Perhaps even when we talk about saying yes to Jesus, perhaps you've never done that even in the first place. Perhaps you're watching this, and you've never actually begun that relationship with Jesus and begun to invite Jesus to be part of your life. If you would love to do that, we would love to journey that with you you'll see a number that'll be going up at the end of the service. We would love you to be able to call that and to chat with some of the team. We would love you to be part of this. But as I speak predominantly to the church this morning, those who are already in relationship with Jesus, I want you to hear the heart and the hope of the Father. I want you to hear the heart and the hope of the Son who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I want you to hear the heart and the hope of the Spirit this morning who is alive within us, who is working through us. Their desire is that we would live fully into life and not just something that would start for a moment and then stop and then start again and stop, that we would just be living into this in increasing ways. And the way, just very simply again, And I would love to encourage us, even as we start into these these summer months, for us in our daily lives, that there would be a strategic yes. That's, God, we want this. God, we want to experience everything you have for us and settling for nothing less. And so to do that, we want to be a people that say yes to life and the Spirit. Not trying to do this in our own ability and our own strength, but it's a welcome and an invitation to the Holy Spirit day and daily. We want to be a people that say yes to life and community. We recognize that we don't just need other people, but we, want, we need to be there to help and support other people in the body of Christ as well. Your role is crucial. And that we want to be a people that say yes to engaging fully with the mission and the purpose and the hope and the life of the church. And so my, my, my question as we close this, and I would love to pray for us. In January, we um, again, as I say, over 500 of us met together. And in that, in that moment... Together, we all said yes. Many of you signed bits of paper. And, but together, we said yes, and we committed ourselves. And it's been six months since that point. And right now, as we finish off this whole series, I would love to give you the opportunity right now, fresh, to say yes again. <laughs> and tomorrow morning, I would really encourage you to wake up and to say yes again. And the day after that, and the day after that. And, and as we finish, I, I would just love us to pray and invite the Holy Spirit to continue to do the work in us that he needs to do. So why, why don't we just close our eyes? Father, I thank you for your desire for us. God, I thank you that your purpose for us is life. I thank you it's, thank you, it's why you sent your son for us. And Jesus, thank you that you gave your life so that we could live into it fully. And we recognize that we have an enemy who doesn't want us to ever experience that as your children. And so God, we want to reject him today and we want to say yes to you and what you have for us. And Holy Spirit, we want to invite you. Would you move and live and increase and present yourself with us in our lives? And and God, I just pray, Lord, there would be a desire in our hearts to do that on a daily basis. God, that it wouldn't just be for a one moment thing. But God, we recognize that we need you every single day and in every single moment. And so Holy Spirit, we want to be a people that say yes to you. God, we want to be a people that say we love you. And God, we want to be a people that say we want to choose life and say yes to it fully and commit ourselves to it. And so God, we bless you. We say thank you for your love for us. And to everyone who's watching this, I just pray the blessing of God over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk